Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. I want to invite you to meet a master musician. Flaco Jimenez is an icon of conjunto music, an accordionist and a singer. He's been performing across seven decades. He started his performances as just a child. His music has been recognized throughout Latin America, the United States, and the world. A veteran recording artist, Flaco Jimenez has won multiple Grammys and is a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award winner. A founding member of the Sir Douglas Quintet, some of the greatest musicians and singers have worked with Flacco, just to name a few, Dr. John, Ry Cooter, Peter Rowan, Bob Dylan, Buck Owens and Dwight Yoakam, the Rolling Stones, and I could keep on going. So it is a great honor to introduce you to this legendary performer, entertainer, recording artist, Ladies and gentlemen, Flaco Jimenez, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, okay. thank you, Paul. Thanks a lot. Thanks uh, for inviting me to your show. And uh, I just want to say hello to everybody that's tuning in. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's an honor to speak to you. How are you today? Oh, fine, fine. Everything's fine. Considering, you know, there's uh, things that have been happening all over the world, but uh, we're just trying to, you know, stay home or or, or just uh, trying to stay safe, you know. As, as you know, it's it, it's been quite a drag, but um, we're still here, and, um, and I wish the best for everybody. Amen. So I think most stories are best from the beginning. What are your most vivid memories from your childhood uh well uh i i i was about seven years old when i when i started picking up the accordion and uh, my dad which was uh is, is considered uh the pioneer of uh conjunto music uh kind of music you know uh it's now we call it tex-mex uh his name is santiago jimenez senior so he started recording in 1936 in Decca Records, and he kept on recording till the till he passed away, uh, not not that long ago. So um, uh, as a, as a young boy, I I used to just uh, I was always around him, you know, because I I really really liked uh, you know how he played at home, and then. Uh, he uh, it was his job. He had a day job too. So uh, uh, whenever whenever he went to work, and uh, uh, during during the week, I I uh, managed to grab that accordion and started uh, started uh, practicing the, the accordion. He didn't, and even even though he he didn't he didn't know I I, I played the accordion because well. I, 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 uh, it was a surprise for him when he heard me for the first time. It's a, it's a, you know, uh, he, when, when he was uh, at work, he came at this certain day, certain day, he, uh, 
came home early from from the day work, and uh, and uh, he he told me the story uh, that uh, when when he was walking to to the house, you know, he started uh, to our house. He started. Uh, he he list, He was listening to somebody playing the accordion, but he didn't know I I, I played the accordion. It was uh, I was self-taught, you know, but, but uh, it was a big surprise for him because, uh, well, I uh, uh, for respect or whatever, I, I didn't want to, you know, mess around with the accordion. Uh, he's his accordion, but uh, the the certain day that he came early. He uh, he heard somebody playing, and uh, so uh, he meant he opened he opened the the the, the door to come in the, uh, you know to the home to the house, and he he left it just a semi open, and uh, uh, he uh, I think he stood there for for a few minutes or whatever he, but he I. I I didn't see him, you know, he was hiding some, somehow he was hiding. He was just, uh, listening on what it was a big surprise for him. He didn't know I, I, I could play his focus or uh, whatever he played because I, I learned by watching him play at home when he was at home. So, uh, then, um, all of a sudden, you know, he opened the, uh, the door and, uh, Saw me playing, and uh, I got not not scared, but uh, I I put the accordion on the side because I was not scared, but you know I was uh, it was just respect, you know, I, because of his accordion, he didn't know. So uh, when uh, then uh, when when he entered the the, the 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 door, you know, he entered, he came straight to me. And then he was straight to me, and, uh, and he was he was in tears. He was uh, he he was crying, and he came straight to me and hugged me, man. He hugged me and started crying because he didn't know I could play. And uh, and from there on, he said, "Mijo, you can you can play my accordion whenever you want to." And from there on, I started, uh, you know. Learning some more and more, and then, and uh, so I had that uh, that goal to say, okay, go, uh, you can play my accordion. So from there on, I started, uh, you know, learning more um, uh, his his kind of playing because I played, I I, I copied what he knew. Ah. And uh, it, it was quite, quite. A, uh, I thought I was gonna get it, you know. He was gonna say something, to, but no, it was, it was the other way around. He, it, he, he seemed very, very uh, surprised, and and uh, and uh, you know, uh, his tears were just coming down his face because of uh, proud, proud, you know. It was when I started. I was seven years old, about six or seven years old. Incredible story. So not just limited to music necessarily. What would you say you learned from your father? Uh, well, what, whatever whatever tunes that he, he played, 
just by watching him play, I uh, I always was there, you know, to observe his his technique of, of, of playing. And it was a just simple focus with that uh, European sound, of, uh, focus on waltzes from Germany, from um, from um, Europe, uh, many parts of Europe. The accordion, of course, it's it's a well-known instrument, and uh, so from from there on, I I uh, started um, progressing more of a plane, you know, learning and so uh, it was uh, it was quite an experience for me, you know, to to have a like a, I didn't know I could learn, but uh, it just came came automatically <laughs> by ear. I don't I don't read, I don't write music, just by 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 heart, by ear. As I was saying at the beginning, and as you were saying, this type of music, you used the word conjunto, and I'm hoping you can tell the listeners out there who may not be as aware of conjunto music, what is the origin? Where does the conjunto sound come from? Okay, the, the word conjunto, it uh, actually it's uh, just uh, like a, a, a band a band, more than four people playing or whatever. Conjunto is just a conjunction of uh, 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 accordion and uh, guitar or bajo sexo, which we use a lot. It's a 12-string instrument, like a 12-string guitar. And right. and uh, so conjunto, actually, it, uh, it's just uh, just like a, like a, let's say, Flaco Jimenez and su conjunto and his band. So actually, conjunto is not uh, in the books. I, I don't think so. Conjunto and um, and then um, a lot of uh, uh, Korean players picked up picked up the the that sound of the accordion, which is a, a, a um, button accordion. It's it's not a piano piano accordion. It's a button diatonic accordion. And uh, my dad used to play the one row, and at that time, the two row came along, and uh, the brand, of course, it's it's been a, a Horner, Horner product, you know? So in the 50s, then they started making the three row, which we, the three row had more... Um, more keys, more more uh, range, you know, too for chromatics or or uh, you you can get you could get more music out of three row instead of just a a two row. One row is very limited. The two row is limited, but three row you can uh, do chromatic scales. You can uh, it it depends on you know on what you want to do. It's like a typewriter, in other words. Once you know where the keys are, they're there. (laughs) (laughs) So the kind of music that you play, it's Tex-Mex music, but it comes from a lot of places. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. Especially, I would say, uh, uh, European sound, because I say European sound because there there was uh, the sound of the accordion comes from from, uh, Germany. 
It comes from Switzerland. It comes from my, from uh, Czechoslovakia. So there's many parts of the world that they, uh, up to now, they they play polkas, waltzes, uh, and so uh, it's a it's a we call it the beer drinking music. <laughs> <laughs> So, in addition to the the music of of the area, tell us about some of the singers, some of the bands that you liked growing up, regardless of what genre. Could be from anything, rock, country. What kind of stuff did you enjoy growing up? Well, you know, when when I when I was uh, around getting to my teens, about uh, around thirteen. I used to tune tune in to. Uh, there were several stations that played straight country, uh, like uh, you know the Hank Williams and uh, you know those uh, 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 old old type of playing uh, country, and and, um, and there was one station here in San Antonio that played country country music K O N O, and there was another station. In New Brownfields, it's about thirty miles from here, and it's a, it's a like a, a German German people that that settled on on that part of uh, of uh, San Antonio on the outskirts of San Antonio, and uh, my 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 uh, my grand my grandfather Patricio Jimenez, which was an accordion. He uh, he used to go to the, the to the, those polka dances on around that area on New Brownfields, New Brownfields, uh, Texas. So he managed to copy, you know, learn how how they played on on uh, those uh, uh, dances polka polka dances. So he managed to uh, learn, and then he passed it on to my dad. But my grandfather never recorded. There was no facilities of recording. He never recorded. But uh, my dad, yes, uh, 1936 was his first, uh, his first, uh, um, 78. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. You don't think about German music being in Tex-Mex music, but that's, that's so interesting. Yes. And, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, when well, when I was in uh, around around uh, my uh, young age, I used to go to the movies or or uh, and uh, at that time uh, we we I saw you know those movies of uh, Tex Reader, uh, um, Roy Rogers, uh, Gene Autry, and all those all those movies, and I noticed that uh, uh, the country bands. That backed up uh, Gene Autry, which was, I think, it was the Sons of the Pioneers. They had an accordion in the in the background in the band. Interesting. So, uh huh, and uh, and um, it fitted real, 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 real nice. So I decided, you know, I said, no, I uh, uh, the country music fits real. The accordion fits fits real good on on. Uh, on on country music, but then came rock and roll. Then came other types of music. So the accordion can can fit 
in uh, in different styles of of, of uh, music. Can you recall the first performance that you did where it was for a crowd of people? Yes, I I think uh, well, um, my dad used to play in this uh, uh, in w- weekends in this certain place, and it was for the public. I mean, you know, not just uh, old people, just uh, you know, it it was for everybody. So uh, the um, when when I started playing kind of okay, you know, it, it, I could play his uh, his uh, polkas or whatever he played. And there was one occasion that uh, he 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 managed to uh, take me to one of his his dances, or where he when where he played. And it was uh, there was there was about uh, I think it was about two hundred capacity of uh, of people you know teenagers and whatnot and uh, and the 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 bass player which was the upright bass decided to uh, tell my uh, ask my dad if I could play a few tunes you know. To to, uh, to to for for my dad, you know, to to uh, take a breather, in other words. Ah. Uh, uh, and uh, so uh, the uh, he uh, I played a, a two, I think it was two two songs, two polkas, and people didn't know it was packed, man. I mean, you know, it was a lot of people. Well, you know, two hundred people anyway, but. Uh, then uh, people didn't know that I played, so they uh, when when I started playing, I had I was so uh, I I was really young. I was about eight years old, and uh, they I had to uh, stand on a on a beer box, you know, so I could reach the microphone, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, <laughs> So I played and and uh, and then I uh, the people were were uh, you know they were surprised because they didn't know that my dad had a son that played at, at, uh, you know near the accordion so they they uh, made a ring around you know they they uh, I had they uh, they they were surprised and and. Uh, and and my uh, the bass player the the my dad's upright bass player decided to go through the tables with a cup of uh, a big cup of beer or uh, empty of course and he went through the, the to, um, you know walking uh, through the uh, audience. And they uh, they gave me tips, man. I mean, uh, that 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 cup was up to the brim, and I feel they feel quarters, nickels, dimes, <laughs> pennies, or whatever, you know. And uh, it was a Saturday. I can I can recall. And 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 then and Sunday morning, I saw that 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 cup of uh, pennies, nickels. Uh, 
And uh, my dad said, you know, it's yours, mijo. It, this is, that's your, it's your money. He didn't take a penny out of that cup. So what I did, because I had uh, brothers and sisters, we were seven in, in, in our family. And uh, so uh, on, on, and then came sounding, and and uh, we went. I went straight to the store and bought some candies, uh, or, or kites, anything you know. And uh, and I shared it with my my brothers and sisters. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so that was my first pay. <laughs> A cup full of quarters and nickels and dimes, pennies. And you're you're with the first money that you made, you shared that with all your brothers and sisters. <laughs> How nice! Oh yes, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I shared it with my. Oh man, we ate. Uh, I mean, we at that time, you know, uh, the candies and uh, they were real cheap, you know. So. So that was my first, my first pay without uh, announcing nothing. It just came out of uh, out of the blue, but it was a it was a the, the bass player that that did the the that idea. <laughs> How important is family to you? Family? Yeah. Oh well. My family is really important for me. I I uh, I've been fortunate uh, to have brothers and sisters. We we were seven of um, um, uh, four four yeah four boys and and uh, and three 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 girls and uh, and we were he um, my dad had uh, two jobs. He played Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at a certain, this certain place. He played for eight years straight on that certain place. Uh, so he was, uh, at that time there was no, no, uh, no competition, no, not, not competition. The, the conjuntos were really scarce because at that time, there was the the conjunto wasn't that uh, popular or not popular. I would say the conjunto was was considered like a cantina music. That's what I wanted to say. It it didn't have uh, you know they said it was oh well that's cantina cantina music like uh, other other musics they they have a certain names like um, hillbilly or or whatnot, you know. But now the accordion has got a lot of respect, and, uh, and so I'm I'm glad uh, I went through those uh, those years on my fifties, my sixties, and up to now. And uh, I think I'm I'm still kicking. I'm still alive, <laughs> <laughs> enjoying life, you know. And music has been my life all the way through. Um, but just just two years that I that I uh, I couldn't I didn't play because I was drafted. I I was uh, I was drafted. So I, uh, I'm a veteran. I'm a Korean Korean veteran. So I lost two years 
uh, of my career. But then I came back and started recording and, and doing the, what I like up to, up to now. I'm hoping you can tell us about when you decided to go to New York City. What was it that was pulling you there? Uh, this this guy, friend of mine, Doug Sean, as you know, uh, I think, uh, well, he's, he's well-known, Doug. And uh, he's, he's a San Antonio guy. And uh, at that time, he had uh, his own band and uh, Sir Douglas or uh, Quintet. But at the time, by that time, I was not into rock and roll or 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 this and the, the other, uh, like different kinds of music. So what I did, I decided that uh, to cross over, and uh, and I knew I could blend in with uh, country or or rock or not heavy heavy stuff, you know, but. Uh, just, just like the record of fifty, the fifties, and uh, it was around the mid seventies. I think it was. I'm not sure. Uh, so many, so many things, but uh, I think it was uh, the mid seventies when I, I uh, received a, a message or a, a from a dark sound, and. Uh, he called me from New York. They were recording a, a Sir Douglas band with uh, with Augie, Augie Myers and uh, Bob Dylan, Pat Hett Newman, and uh, uh, other other cats that I can't recall again. But uh, the, we, I got to. So uh, uh, there I go to New York. Flew, flew in, and uh, then uh, I um, took me to the studio. They were cutting this record, the Sir Douglas band. So uh, I uh, I think I cut about three or, or I think two or three cuts from that um, from from that project. And uh, I would say that the Doug was the one that introduced me to uh, a major a major label, Atlantic. And um, and I had a lot of recordings here in San Antonio with different uh, record companies, uh, you know, I, I got to record on the se- on 78s and then the 45s and whatnot. But, uh, you know, those those uh, companies didn't have no exposure. They didn't expose uh, the, the Conjunto, the Conjunto sound. They, they, it was just independent labels here in, in San Antonio. So there was no exposure on the on the outside world, you know, which I I I was I I was uh, trying to to get to a major label, and which Doug invited me to this session, and which was Atlantic Records. So from from there on, I started having some offers from different different guys on major labels. So this session that you're talking about, you were mentioning that you were on this session with Augie Myers? Uh, yes, uh-huh. Augie Myers, he, Dylan. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. And others. Uh, and others. I can't recall uh, the, the whole gang. <laughs> I can't recall <laughs> the whole guys. 
It happened so quick. Uh-uh. Augie was just on this show, episode number 404, and we had a lot of people who wrote in and they said how funny he was. And I'm hoping you can tell us about Augie Myers. What is he like to be around? Um, Augie, he's a he's a, he's a quite a guy. Uh, he's a real friendly, and uh, he, he's he's got a sense of humor, man. You know, we're all always laughing. And he comes out. He comes out with some. Comes up, you know, with. with Humorous things or whatever, and uh, and 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 it's a it makes it easier for for the band for a guy you know that that's always coming come coming up with some comes up you know with humorous things you know so uh, Augie's a real nice guy and we we got along real good ever since uh, and then afterwards with the Texas Tornadoes. But uh, before that, uh, after after Doug, uh, then uh, uh, Ray Cooter came along, so he uh, he came to San Antonio and checked me out, and he knew about uh, Flaco Jimenez. But uh, as as far as Ray Cooter is concerned, he uh, he chose me to record his uh, one of his projects, which was Chicken Skin music so uh i i did several cuts and i toured with him uh, uh, for uh i don't know how many a few years i can't recall how many years but uh it was a it was an experience for for me to to record with with rye and uh he actually introduced me to the outside world which which i mean to uh he, um, uh, I toured uh, overseas. My first times, my first time overseas with Rye, uh, and uh, so uh, I, uh, Rye introduced me to a, a giant, giant step, I would say, uh, and uh, then came along, uh, and then Peter Rowan came along. So I recorded with so many guys. And sometimes I get confused. What year was that? What year was that? Or, or you know, it's it's hard to keep up with the time, or remembering what year or whatnot. You've mentioned some really, really talented musicians here: Ry Cooter, Bob Dylan. We were talking about Augie. Might be a difficult question, but who would you say the most talented person you've worked with has been? Oh man, it, it's. I think it's a, it's a difficult to say because in it, I I had fun recording with um, these these guys that I don't I don't have any uh, preference for for just one guy. I really, you know, thank the guys that helped me out. So there was another another experience that I had with Carlos Santana and Willie Nelson. We recorded Havana Moon in San Francisco. There was uh, it was a long time ago, and uh, there was another experience besides uh, Buck Owens and, and Dwight and 
Hank Thompson. I did him and with I recorded with uh, Hank Thompson and uh, old man. He, he I didn't write up a list of uh, who I've recorded with, but uh, uh, there's you know quite a few. When you worked with Bob Dylan, were you aware of his work? Did you know? Did you know his work well? Did you know who he was? Oh, oh yes, yes, uh, yes. I I knew her. I did. Uh, I was not uh, into into rock and roll. Into rock and roll at that time when I heard about Bob Dylan, but uh, then uh, I was fortunate enough, you know. To to get to record with uh, with uh, with Bob, you know, he's a great guy. He's a great guy, and uh, I did some with Los Lobos, and uh, well, it's it's hard to keep up with uh, you know with, with people that I recorded with. I I done show with uh, Charlie Muscle White, and um, oh, so many men that I can recall off and. What is Bob Dylan like to perform with? Oh, well, he's an easy-going guy. And, you know, he's, uh, he's not a, like a demander or, or a, you, know, you know, he's easy-going like Ryan and uh, the other cats, you know, really, really, really easy-going. And uh, I think uh, respect, it's got to do a lot on... on uh, on uh, having a good relationship with with the guys, you know, and and so uh, and fun, having fun recording, having a laugh or two, you know, recording or performing. I did I did a, a, a CD, and and it, it sounds like a conjunto or Tex-Mex with Freddie Fender. It's called Dos. Amigos, two friends, dos amigos, and it's all in Spanish. And uh, Freddie was really, really nice guy too, man. Uh, you know, real humorous. And uh, all right, uh, along the way, I've been fortunate to have a good friendship with the whole guys, the whole bunch of guys. Would you say the fact that you have been exposed and played in so many different types of music? has helped you become a better musician? Well, I just uh, play what, what whatever comes. You, you know, I just played by ear. I improvise a lot because you never know what you're going to do when, when you're performing. And so I, I never, uh, I, I never plan on, on, um, on whoever is, singing or, or recording or whatever. So I don't uh, I don't phrase the same thing twice. Sometimes I do some licks on, on the accordion and uh, and then somebody comes up and says, hey man, do this again. What did you do? What did I do? I don't know. I can't recall what I did. Man, you did something real, real cool, you know. But I can't do it again because I just it was uh, just spontaneous things that I do, you know, and it happens to a lot of musicians, you know.
improvisations. You know, I was telling you the first time we ever chatted on the phone, I was listening to this public radio show, and they were playing the music of Flaco Jimenez, and I thought, what is this? This is the most lively music I've ever heard. I love this. I've never heard anything like it. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I had this dream that I would one day talk to Flacco himself. And then oh, it was like, thank you. my pleasure, my pleasure, an honor. And it was uh, maybe like a year after I heard you, your music. I remember listening to this country music station. And Buenos Noches from uh, Lonely Room, the, the She Wore Red Dresses song was playing. Oh, she wore red dresses. Oh, yeah, with, with uh, Dwight. Yes. Uh, that was, I think, I think it was uh, on one of my CDs, uh, uh, Partners, I think it was, or, or Sleepy, uh, Sleepy Town, I can't recall, which was... Uh, uh, on one of them, I I I, uh, I sang with uh, with Buck Owens. Uh, Let me do that little song. <laughs> we decided to do that one just for. And you know what? Let's try this one. Okay, let's do it and see how it sounds. So we managed to to uh, record that one. And uh, and good producers, man. I mean, you know. Uh, once, once you have a good producer and uh, not bossy, and uh, he goes along with the flow, you know, and have a good time, and and then you 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 record real at ease, uh, you, no pressure at all, and then the ideas come automatically. Mm-hmm. What is Dwight Yoakam like when you're around him and and you're not recording? You're just just two guys sitting around. How would you describe Dwight? Oh, I think he well, he's a he's a nice guy. I uh, I hear a good a lot of good things about Dwight. And you know, everybody's got uh, different characters or different ways of being. You know, but uh, he's he's cool. He's he's all right. When when we recorded Carmelita. And he's a perfectionist, man, like Rye. And, uh, of course, uh, there's several other musicians. And uh, we recorded Carmen Lida. And, um, and it was the first take, and it came out real nice. But he said, um, let me try it again. So he put a... He redid he, he the, the song Carmen Lida. I know he, he wanted to add something to it. But only he knows he is a feel the the soul of he had at that moment. So uh, I, I would imagine something came came to his mind to say, "I'm gonna add a little 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 things that I forgot to feel or something," which uh, he came out real good. When she wore a dress, is is a classic. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Did you meet Buck Owens through Dwight Yoakam? Let's see. Let me recall. Oh, yes. Yes, it was through him. Uh, I met him in the studio when we were recording Love Me. Uh, um, she wore the red dresses. 
He, I think he was in a studio when I was, I came because I don't want to lie to you, man, but uh, he introduced me to, to, uh, to Buck, to Buck Owens, yes, uh-huh. And uh, when we did the streets of Bakersfield, of what I hear, Buck didn't know, uh, he, he was like a, a w- is it gonna work? Like uh, you know, put in the accordion and in <laughs> this this song. Uh, and Dwight said, "Oh man, let's just do it." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he was like, uh, "Well, let's see if it, how it how it's gonna sound." So then it became our number one hit on the charts, and then we did a live. A live uh, Austin City Limits, and uh, and we did uh, with uh, it was uh, Dwight's show, so uh, so then uh, Buck showed up, and uh, it was when we recorded uh, Streets of Bakersfield, and then I I can recall when he, when Buck said to Dwight. You were right about the accordion in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, the driver said, I told you, man. I told you <laughs> it was going to work. <laughs> so many experiences, man, that uh, along, the, along the way, you know. Is there a greater purpose? Is there a, a, a bigger reason? that you make music other than just the enjoyment of playing? Why do you do it? Oh, well, it's, it's been my life. It's, it's all uh, since the first note I heard when I was a baby, man. When I, I, could, I can recall, uh, I, uh, the music just, uh, it just snapped. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the music heart, speaks by itself and and uh so the music has been my life all the way through since i was a baby since i was since i can remember uh and uh there was there's there's a story that i i uh, uh that i told my dad uh we used to play when we were real young young i used to play with the the my neighbors, my my buddies, you know, young young kids, kids. We used to play like uh, cowboys and Indians, you know. And uh, we were, uh, and we lived uh, uh, in the outskirts outskirts of uh, of town. And um, and so I I was supposed to be the Indian. So I had a bow and arrow, and you know what I did? What you know when that bow, the string, uh, the, the, that's a bow, and then the string goes along with it. You know, so I uh, when I pressed the the string, it went to another key or, or another pitch. You know, so that's that's uh, the instinct or what do you call it that I had that music uh, in in my blood what would you say is the best thing about being Flaco Jimenez 
Well, I'm just Flaco Jimenez. I'm just <laughs> one of the guys. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy life. I've been through uh, uh, operations, and uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody's got a different story. But um, I went through um, hernated discs, and I, so uh, plus I'm not that uh, young anymore. But uh, my health has been health has been quite uh, you know under the weather. But uh, I'm I'm still here, just uh, just uh, enjoying life. Not a rich guy. I not a rich guy. <laughs> I have seven kids of my own. So in some ways, I'm a millionaire. In some ways, that I my fortune is my my family. Hmm. At the end of all of the interviews that I do. I always let the guest just address the audience. Just say whatever you want to anyone who is tuned in, anyone listening. I know we'll have people listening from all over the world, from the United States, down in Mexico. What would you say to anyone who's hearing this? Well, uh, I uh, wish everybody the best. Uh, here in the states or or even the world i i I just wish them the best of the best so uh and uh and I hope uh, everything turns turns okay for anybody that everybody that's tuning in and uh, don't give up uh hope there's always hope and and um your dreams will come true. Hmm. Well, Flaco Jimenez, I can't tell you what this interview means to me. It's a great honor to talk to you. Well, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to say hello. And uh, I, I congratulate your program and, and, and keep it up. And um, we'll see you along the way. Maybe we'll, we'll meet some one of these days. I hope so. In person. I hope so. I plan on it. All right, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. I wish you a great, great evening. Okay, well, thank you. And like uh, I, I, sometimes I say, people say, you know, what, what's a, a man's best friend? And everybody says, uh, the dog. And I, well, it's one of them, but the, the main, the main one is time. Time is your best friend. <laughs> well spoken. <laughs> Thanks. All right, sir. Well, thank you a million and have a good one. Uh, my pleasure and God bless everybody that's tuning in and uh, we'll see you along the line. God bless you, Flacco. Okay, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.